DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to welcome in Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Dylan, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Happy Tuesday. Dylan, I'm curious. BYUs look so good. But you're a Cauley. <laughs> You analyze everything in fascinating detail, and you speak your mind. If I dared you to say something negative, yet realistic, about the Cougars, something you've seen that, you know, these, these, past, these first three teams haven't been good enough to exploit, but maybe a better team, maybe Boise State, whoever, Houston, San Diego State, whoever, maybe this is an area where BYU could be challenged. It, it's, it's lightweight negativity, but in the face of constant positivity, could you provide me something? Uh, yeah, absolutely. What do you got? <laughs> uh, I, I honestly, right, it would obviously, uh, I think this year is probably the most viable to see them win out, right? And they should do it week in and week out. Uh, they should cover the spread every single week. Um, but you do look at what has happened in the past, right? And there's always that vulnerability to lose one or two games that should be won. And so it's going to be interesting to see how, right, uh, kind of when you get against Boise in Albertson Stadium, no matter how many games they haven't played, right, uh, you're looking at fresh legs in Albertson Stadium, right, those types of games are where I get worried and we're going to kind of see a true test of what, what BYU has to offer. Um, but, you know, if we talk about the should, they should win, right, the rest of the games this season and shouldn't be a problem. But that, that would be the one thing is how are you going to be able to mentally continue to keep going at 110% and not let kind of the smoke, uh, the smoke and mirrors that you see from the media, right, uh, how, really can't let that get in the way. And so that's what BYU is vulnerable to. It's always been that way. And now it's just a matter of kind of staying consistent. Yeah, I think you just hit on it, Dylan, when you said the mental edge going forward here. I actually want to see this team get meaner, get nastier, get the type of attitude of us against the world and we've got something here, and maybe start thinking about, even if you got to play mental games with yourselves, like an egg, because the publicity is just growing leaps and bounds here. It's, it's getting out. I'm listening to national shows. I go to the gym. I've got them on. They're, they're just getting all sorts of love. And so now you need some guys on this team to really step forward and say, hey, basically, guys, we have an accomplished bull. And we need to get tougher, more mentally, all that stuff. You think that that's the way they need to approach this going forward? Yeah. I mean, there's there's two ways to go about it. There's that way, right, that says, hey, kind of like a, we talked about last week, right, with Coach Mateos uh, kind of coining the, the poison term. Um, you can go about it that way, which can sometimes be a deficit to teams simply because it is like, oh, well, maybe we really aren't that good. Or you can go about it in the complete opposite way that says, hey, yes, we do have to get meaner, right? We need to understand that we can't just beat these teams, right? Any close game that BYU has this season, uh, 
you know, I believe most specifically up north, will probably, we won't hear the end of it for about, you know, a week until there's another blowout. BYU has to beat these teams because they should, right, by two, three, four possessions. Um, and that kind of needs to be the mindset. It's not, hey, how are we beating these teams? It's now looking inside and saying, okay, we can't beat ourselves. Um, and we can't allow any of these games to get away from us to where it's even close. See, I think that's a uh, – it's true, but it's also dangerous because you can't go out and score three touchdowns on one play. You know, you got to do your job. Right. you got to win that snap. Then you got to win the next snap. And if you keep doing that, then over the course of 50, 60, 70 plays, you look up at the scoreboard, you know, and in the middle of the third quarter you're crushing somebody. I've always wondered, and as I got older, and, you know, it not only do you stop playing team sports at some point, junior high, high school, college, pro, whatever, uh, at some point you don't even want to play pickup sports because you're like, oh, <laughs> I've seen people snap their Achilles. I don't need that to be me, right? I got to modify. Absolutely. I got to modify what I'm doing. And so you're old enough now. You're somewhere in that sequence, right? You're you're beyond high school and college. When you're in the middle of it, you think ah, this could last forever. This is awesome. And then it's over. Do you think guys can think, hey, I got so many games. I got so many plays left. I'm going to be awesome on this play. I'm going to be great on the next play. Because the clock is ticking, and you just don't get to do this for very long. It may not seem like it when you're 18, 20, 22, but it's true. Yeah. No, I, I 100%. And I think that's where you see the guys that are probably most successful um, and the guys that truly do love the sport and love who they're playing for. And that's kind of where it becomes important on how good teams can be is simply how are you treating each and every play, right? Like how are you treating each and every practice? Um, and, and that is truly like the mental mindset that you need to have to be able to go as, you know, as far as playing in college, as far as playing at the next level, um, simply because it gives you this edge in understanding that you're able to cycle through each and every play. If you can cycle through, you know, if you look at the average offensive plays, whatever, it's like 30, game, 30 plays a game at least, right? If you can take each one of those plays one play at a time, right, you're now going to have a much better understanding than someone who's just out there playing the play. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I got you. So, picture a scenario, say 10 years from now, when Zach Wilson is ripping it in the NBA or the NBA, the NFL, are you going to be sitting on your back porch with your feet up, sipping your favorite beverage, say, yep, I called it back when he was just a little squirrely freshman. Nobody believed it, <laughs> but look at him now. Uh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the same thing that I do, the, you know, that, I, that I've done with Jamal Williams in the sense that, you know, and Tanner Megum and I have talked about this many times. Is when me and Jamal came into BYU together, uh, the three of us had a really, you know, strong conversation because obviously it was very different. For uh, Jamal, had a lot of options, and he decided to come to BYU, and we worked really hard to get him to come to BYU. And um, there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to be the best running back ever to play at BYU. And so, you know, 
there are certain things that you can see, and you can go back to the talent level that Zach's playing against. I mean, are these defenses that great now? They're not. They're not very good at all. But you look at the balls that he's throwing, the placement, right, the amount of touch that he's putting on these things. It doesn't matter what defense you're going against. The throws that he's making and putting on, you know, and putting on his receivers is undeniably next-level talent. Um, and he's doing this where he hasn't even been able to play a complete season, right? Like, he played nine games his freshman year in an offense that was not established, right? There was no offense. <laughs> uh, he played nine games his sophomore year where he was hurt uh, and just coming off of a shoulder surgery. And now he actually has the ability, you know, where he's on track to play the entire season, to play every single game. And each and every week you're going to see him get more and more comfortable. I know that might be hard to believe, but there is going to see, you're going to see a continued confidence um, and you're going to see him continue to play, you know, consistent in the way that he has. And this isn't new to him. This is something he did in high school, right? It was like, as soon as he caught the edge in high school, that's when you start to see, you know, guys who are capable of playing at the highest level, right? You start to see that, understanding take place throughout each and every season and that's what you're you know that's what you're going to see with Zach so then if I have one complaint it would be if you're going to be an NFL quarterback start playing like one I know you're an athlete and you can run for three touchdowns but you don't need to get hit it's not best for you it's not best for the team start thinking like Tom Brady three steps plant the foot ball is out do you think we'll see more of that or he's he ran for three touchdowns it is a good weapon and he can do it. He had eight carries for 43 yards. He's a good weapon, and he's going to keep doing it, and he's going to risk taking hits. Yeah, which is not a good idea. Right, and that's, that's a conversation. Just as much as you have to tell the defensive end, right, to not hit the quarterback during practice, there will always be the conversation of you need to get down and slide. Right, like th- those are two just frequent conversations you're going to hear Every single film, you're going to hear it in every single meeting, no matter what the situation is. You don't touch the quarterback in practice, and quarterbacks need to be sliding every single play. And I think as the season progresses, and as these defenses really don't get much better, right, uh, I think that's going to be a challenge that, you know, whether it be A-Rod or Grimes kind of put on Zach, is, you know, how willing are you to push that extra second in the pocket? Right? How willing are you to slide every single time uh, a guy converges on you? Even if it doesn't get you the first down, right? let's over-exaggerate and work on having that next-level mindset. And, you know, so uh, that, that's going to be a challenge for him, but it's something that he needs, he needs to do. How is it as a BYU football player, and you go back because of your brothers and even beyond that with, with your dad, um, to be able to avoid all the stuff that's being said and not get caught up, whether it's bad or good, and right now, obviously, it's good. How hard is that? Obviously, today it's a lot harder just because of the right the, the world of social media, and it's very, very difficult to not look at the good and the bad. Um, it's just a matter of how you choose to kind of, you know, uh, how long you you spend on that picture of yourself or how long you spend on that person, right, absolutely degrading you at every level. <laughs> um, you know, you need to be able – it's the same thing. It's You need to be able to have a one-play mindset, right? And so 
you can take in all the good, you can take in all the bad, but you know how do you deposit it and how do you uh, how does it affect your play? It shouldn't be very difficult, but I think that also comes with a greater understanding that you know people's opinions really don't matter, um, and you can only control what you control, and that's just another facet of the mental side of the game that is so important. And I think a lot of the time you do see people affected by that, and that's kind of the difference between what a good football player and what a great football player is. So do players, I think traditionally players – didn't get that much coverage in high school, and now there's a lot of this in college, and it plays with their mind. But in the social media era, do you think that's leveled out a bit? And actually, these guys, even in high school, saw a ton of stuff on social media about themselves, and so they're kind of used to it, and it's not as big a jump as it was maybe 10 or 20 years ago? Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that, right? I think the the social media coverage that happens on high school football, the amount of effort that's put into um, people, right, like the recruiting on social media is good in a lot of ways because it gives people chances, but it also creates this level of entitlement when people come into their freshman years, right, mm-hmm. uh, with this expectation that 247 Sports did a piece on me for my local high school, so now I deserve to start at Alabama, right? <laughs> uh, so uh, to me, it's a huge problem and, and the way that people enter the the college level with the attitude of what they've already accomplished playing against, right, uh, the small school that is about 30 minutes away from your high school. <laughs> like, uh, So I think, you know, you look at, someone like Zach who had a lot of attention um, but came in and was willing to be humble and work and the same thing goes for Gunner. I mean you look at guys who came in with a lot of attention in high school and were very successful and luckily they still had the humility to be able to understand that they were going to have to work for what they needed Um, and you know uh, they were able to channel that in a pretty, pretty positive way but I've also seen it the complete opposite where it's just absolutely demoralized people. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about that. Kids can get swallowed up in that. We saw it clearly with Jake Heaps, and you bring up Romney. And, you know, I grew up in Arizona. I'm familiar with that, and so I knew of the kid uh, down there, and I knew the high school that he played at. And it's like, even myself, I'm thinking, all right, man, I knew the Devils wanted him bad. And so he comes here, and I'm thinking, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And then I'm starting to think, oh, man, is he just another overhyped kid? And, you know, you can't get you can't help but get caught up. In it. And we're seeing it this year that he's having a breakout season and he's living up with that potential. How hard is it not to get swallowed up into that and not get discouraged because you were all that back then? You got all this love and you expected to be all that right from the start. And obviously, in his case, it took a couple years. I think he's fulfilling it now. But as I say, it took a while. Right. And I think uh, being right. Uh, if there was one thing that I struggled with the most, it, it was the expectation. Um, and, you know, having it be just like we it, it's it's hard to have a conversation and not bring up my dad and my brothers, right? Sure. Um, and so it, I know that Gunner coming in the, his freshman year, right, like there was that struggle. There is that kind of immediate come to reality that, what you thought, what you were told, 
um, all the promises that were made, you realize really quickly, and I, you know, love him to death, you realize really fast that Brandon Gurney does not have access to the depth chart, um, as unfortunate as it may be, right? Uh, so there's this level of, you know, expectation that you do have that people have set forth. And the last thing that you want to do is underachieve and not fulfill those expectations. And, you know, and so it's also hard because it, we do live in this world where kids are getting so much attention in high school that people just think it's normal for a true freshman to come and be this, you know, uh, extraordinary contributor. Right. right. Like when you look at true freshmen who contribute, that's not that's not a normal thing. But because of social media, because of the hype people get in high school now, it's like this expectation. And if you don't contribute in the way that everyone expects you to to a division one team as a true freshman, like, uh, well, you're not the guy. Right. Uh, and so I, I think we see that a lot, you know. Uh, and that's the case pretty much everywhere, but we do see it a lot at BYU because of the culture, because of right the the relationships and it being because of the church. It is kind of like a small world, right? And so yeah. everyone feels this extra connection and expectation for people, and um, it, it's a hard thing to fulfill, especially to be uh, a contributing true freshman. So best then if all the players just think about the next play and think, I have to block this guy. I have to, I'm responsible for this gap or this receiver. And if you just focus on that, that next play, okay. But then you start thinking about all the other stuff and mistakes happen, you beat yourself <laughs> up, and then you're just caught up in some vortex that you don't know how to negotiate. Right. And it is a lot easier to get through those types of mistakes, especially when there's no fans in the stands. Dylan, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. We didn't use the word roadrunners once in there. I guess that says something. (laughs) I mean, it was a good conversation.